My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Tuesday the 27th of September. I'm Zara. I'm Billy. We're now entering our 11th day of protests in Iran, where at least 41 people have died in the ongoing chaos following the death of a young woman. We'll unpack this watershed moment in just a second, but first, Billy, talk us through the headlines of the day. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese will travel to Tokyo today for the state funeral of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Albanese will be joined by former Prime Ministers Malcolm Turnbull, Tony Abbott and John Howard to mourn Abe, who was assassinated while speaking at an election rally in July. Three-time Paralympic gold medalist Kurt Fernley was announced yesterday as the new chair of the National Disability Insurance Agency. He said it was, quote, important that the participants of the NDIA get to see themselves in this organisation. The NDIA is an independent agency of the federal government and is in charge of implementing the National Disability Insurance Scheme. An alliance of far-right parties is expected to win the Italian election, which will give the country its first ever female leader. The Brothers of Italy Party, which is led by Giorgio Maloney, is set to form government alongside two other groups. Maloney, who is now expected to become the Prime Minister of Italy, founded the Brothers of Italy in 2012. And today's good news. Japan will welcome foreign tourism from next month after over two years of restrictions brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. From the 11th of October, tourists entering Japan won't need a visa or to book through a travel agency to visit the country. We'll be back in just a moment, but first, a message from our sponsor. Zara, we've had a lot of people reach out to us about this story in Iran and my social media has been absolutely dominated by photos and videos of the protests. Can you walk me through what happened and why it's caused such an outcry? Okay, so to start at the beginning, 22-year-old Masa Amini, who was from Kurdistan, which is a region that covers parts of Iran, Iraq, Syria and Turkey, She was arrested on the 13th of September in Tehran. Now, that's the capital of Iran. She was arrested for allegedly not wearing a hijab properly. From what we understand, she was immediately detained and the police say that while at the police station, she suffered a heart attack and was taken to hospital. That, as I said, is according to the police. Right. So you pointed out that that's what the police are saying, that she suffered natural causes. But are there any eyewitness reports? Yeah. So witnesses have actually alleged that what happened was really, really different to what I just spoke about being the police's version of things. So eyewitnesses say that she was badly beaten, including while in the police van. And her family have said that by the time she actually arrived at the hospital, she was already in a coma might have seen some fairly distressing images online of Amini in hospital where she needed assistance breathing and didn't appear to be conscious. Her father has told media that she had no underlying health issues, so the claim that she had a heart attack, to them at least, doesn't make sense. She died in hospital just a few days after her arrest. 
Okay, and let's go back to her arrest because I want to understand more about the context of this story. So you said that she was arrested for allegedly not wearing a hijab. So that's a criminal offence in Iran for a woman to not wear a hijab. So it's been compulsory for Iranian women to wear hijabs, which are traditional Muslim head coverings, since the early 1980s, which was after the nation's revolution that led to it becoming the world's first Islamic republic. The revolution caused a number of major cultural changes, which you might remember that we spoke about in the episode about Salman Rushdie. And aside from compulsory hijabs, the Iranian leadership of the 1980s also mandated that women would wear long, loose-fitting clothing. And so that was in the early 1980s, but that's still being enforced now? Well, Iran's president, Ebrahim Raisi, who assumed office last year, has actually ordered stricter enforcement of the law, saying that poor compliance was a sign of, quote, corruption in society. And so who enforces these rules? Because I've seen in a lot of the reporting and in the headlines that it was the morality police, which is a term I haven't really heard before. Who are they? Okay, so Iran's morality police, formerly referred to as guidance patrols, are basically primarily tasked with enforcing observance of Iran's dress codes, and in particular the requirement for women to cover their hair. They've brought enforcement powers and have long been known for violently arresting women. Guidance patrols had become less common, though, in recent years, but have ramped up again under President Raisi. And earlier this month, the Iranian government said it would use facial recognition technology to actually identify women who were not complying with these rules. And so you've laid out the rules, but clearly a lot of the public is really angry about this. We've seen the protests in the photos and the videos. Can you explain to us more the response and what that's been like from Iran's general public? There's been a huge response with a lot of people, frankly, outraged at the death of this young woman who was only visiting Iran with her family. A large protest actually broke out at Amini's funeral on September 17th and police were seen firing tear gas on demonstrators there. They were shouting anti-government slogans like death to the dictator and many other things. Right, so these protests started at the funeral. How much further have they spread? Well, more than 80 cities across Iran are in chaos and protesters have burned police stations and police cars and they're showing no signs of slowing. There's footage of women tearing off their hijabs and cutting off their hair. There have also been deaths. It's been widely reported that at least 41 people have been killed in the unrest, with the Iran Human Rights Group actually citing a total number of at least 57. And over the weekend, it was reported that a 20-year-old woman named Hadis Najafi was shot dead by security forces deployed to control the protests. But I do just want to say here that it's hard to know exactly how many people have died and what is actually happening with these protests because there have been reports that the government has responded to the unrest by cutting off the internet across large parts of the country. So there's clearly a lot of anger in Iran over this woman's death. What has the response been around the world? Well, much like Iran, there have been protests unfolding across the world, including here in Australia, with women chanting Amini's name and holding signs with her face on it. The images from these protests are striking. Reuters published a photograph of a young woman in Lebanon holding a sign that says, did you know that letting your hair blow in the wind is a crime in Iran? And the US has gone further. They've imposed sanctions on the morality police and President Joe Biden told the UN General Assembly that the US, quote, stands with the brave citizens and the brave women of Iran. 
It's really striking to see the outpouring of grief and anger at this woman's death. And we will, of course, be watching closely to see what happens in Iran as a result as this story unfolds. And in a story as big as this, though, I think that it's easy to lose sight of the people in the middle of it. Zara, is there anything you can tell me about Masa Amini herself? I think that this is an appropriate note to end on, but it is difficult because we don't know a lot about her. I mean, from her family's account, she was a normal young woman living in Kurdistan, traveling to Tehran on a family holiday. She was about to start university and one day she wanted to become a doctor. Her 23rd birthday would have been just last week. It's an absolutely tragic story and the news of the protests just keep coming. We will absolutely be keeping you updated on The Daily Oz. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you learned anything from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every weekday morning. We'll be back again tomorrow, but until then, have a great day. 